gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. So if you're the demographic for this podcast, you know that the X-Men animated series is the gold standard for the X-Men legacy. The movies are great. Don't get me wrong. I love the movies. And I could do a whole episode if I had the cast of the movies. Sure, I'd love to have Hugh Jackman and Famke Johnson and Patrick Stewart on the show. The X-Men animated series is the gold standard for X-Men storytelling. And it captivated at a time when I wasn't into the X-Men comic. I've read the X-Men comic after the animated series. And not a lot of people can say that. Usually it's the other way around. Now, we've done some podcasts in the past about the X-Men animated series. Uh, Cal Dodd, for example, uh, the voice of Wolverine. Uh, he has been on this show. Uh, also, Lenore Zan has been on this show. She was the voice of Rogue, and she's a member of Canadian Parliament. And that was really cool because it was right at the beginning of the quarantine time due to COVID-19. So we had some interesting podcasts about it. And don't forget, back in episode 142, we had the creators of the X-Men animated series, Eric and Julia Leewald. I met a bunch of the cast of the X-Men at a Wizard World Comic-Con in New Orleans back in January. And when I do the Comic-Cons, I usually record them. And this recording, we couldn't air. So I aired Matt Ryan and Kristen Kruk from Smallville. And there's a bunch of uh, podcast we did i think we actually have some from that comic-con that we haven't even put on the show but the x-men there was an audio issue and there was nothing i can do because once you set it even if you test it once you set it it was you know you go up on a stage nobody's monitoring it so there's nothing i can do and that happened well lo and behold since comic-cons have been shut down we have been doing a bunch of Wizard World virtual panels, and I've been moderating them. And it's been an honor. It's been so much fun. Last week's episode was great with the cast of Arrow. Well, the X-Men are involved, and we have a podcast with the X-Men cast. This is mostly everybody. This is obviously not Lenore. She's not on this, uh, but she was on the panel, and... The rest of these guys, we all went out to dinner uh, in New Orleans. We went to this really cool um, Cajun restaurant, and it was really fun. And I got a chance to know all these gentlemen. Uh, Larry Houston, who is a uh, writer and storyboard artist and director of this show, one of the main producers. Larry Houston was at that dinner. Chris Britton, who played the voice of Mr. Sinister. And George Buza, who is uh, the Beast. 
uh, who was amazing, and then Cal Dodd, who was Wolverine, and this was uh, after he had come on the podcast. And the X-Men are outstanding, like I said. The X-Men are absolutely fantastic, and they're great storytellers. And when they asked me to moderate this, I said, wow, it's like we're righting a wrong. We are getting the podcast right because this audio is perfect. <laughs> Thanks to Wizard World for uh, putting it together. They mixed it. They did everything. And it is fantastic. So here is Wolverine, Beast, Mr. Sinister, and the brains behind the X-Men, Larry Houston. It's the Wizard World virtual experience with the cast of the X-Men, in just a moment, right here on the Hall of Justice. Noise, noise, noise. Smoking weed, smoking weed. Doing coke, drinking beers. Pack her ass, my good man. Time to kick back, drink some beers, and smoke some weed. We'll get back to the Hall of Justice in just a moment, but first, a message from my friends, wait, Jay and Silent Bob? I know we had Kevin Smith on the podcast recently, and a lot of you are listening that also came to the podcast because of that. They have two games that I want to tell you about. They're card games, not digital games. We're not talking about something on a computer. You can play this with your friends. You can play this with your family while we wait out the quarantine. We have the Big Fat Cardon game. It's ideal for fans of card games, comics, superheroes, cringeworthy decisions, and smack talk. There's three play modes. You can do price mode, pick mode, battle mode, and sold on Amazon. Anywhere you can find it. Customer reviews, currently 4.9 out of 5. And the content, yeah, it's Jay and Silent Bob, so you know it's totally inappropriate. Then they have the Smell My Finger game. You have to see this to believe it. Created by Jay and Silent Bob decades ago, now sharing their love to sniff and rip. There's 12 wearable fingers that are used in the game, and you compete with your friends, picking scents of your choice, placing them in the fingers, battling, earning points for smelling correctly. That, currently 4.8 out of 5 on Amazon. The scents you use for the game can be found in your own home or wherever you want to go to find funky smells. That's up to you. The party game that smells like fun. Smell my finger and the big fat cardon game. Yes, there's a play on words. It's from Jay and Silent Bob. Who else? Everybody and welcome to another one of the Wizard World virtual experiences. My name is Seth Everett. I've been moderating Wizard World panels for years now, and I love doing them at Comic-Cons. This time around, we're doing it virtually. We're coming to you live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, bringing you the Comic-Con life to the comfort of your own home with these free celebrity panels, in addition to paid exclusive experiences, including one-on-one -on -one private video chats, custom recorded messages, and autographs. And today, we're talking about literally the best cartoon. We're talking about the X-Men animated series. I can't wait for this. This I've done at panels. 
I've had these guys on my Hall of Justice podcast, which I know you're all going to subscribe to. Uh, Hall of Justice on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find it. Uh, you can find all of these things on sale at wizardworldvirtual.com, and they'll continue to be there throughout the week. So even if you're watching a replay, definitely check out these once-in-a-lifetime experiences with your favorite cast members and, of course, the producers, the directors. Everybody's here. I want to spend, send a special shout-out to our friends at Go Collect. Go to gocollect.com. And don't forget, check out Sign Memorabilia, Work of Art, from our favorite artists and vendors from previous virtual experiences and the physical conventions, we remember those, you can just head out to wizardworldvault.com. Okay, we've got such a cast of characters, but you know what? The X-Men show is about writing and it's about story. And one of the guys, the architects behind the stories that you fell in love with, the producer, director, he did the artwork. He helped design everything. He designed the opening theme. He is the man of the X-Men. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Houston. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Larry, so good nice to see you, guys. man. It's good to see you. And uh, we assume, we ask this of everybody, you're, you're well, you're healthy, you're happy? Uh, doing, doing fine. I'm actually in a um, lobby of a hotel, so hopefully I sound good. But uh, yeah, we're doing fine. Um, believe it or not, I'm on my 40th wedding anniversary today. And so, oh, wow. yeah, so uh, my wife gave me permission to do this. <laughs> I was going to say, and you're here with us. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, let's, let's bring your friends out. Uh, this gentleman is, of course, he's not sinister at all. He's actually one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But he was Mr. Sinister, and he did it so well. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Chris Britton. Hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> I, I was stunned. You know, when I met you in New Orleans, I thought you'd be mean. You, you, you play mean very well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's uh, 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 just a, a gift to be mean and... <laughs> terrible <laughs> and i've played a number of those characters on camera as well so <laughs> yes <laughs> no question about it yes all right uh let's welcome in a gentleman who let's face it this is the guy that everybody they all say they love wolverine but in reality they're all beast fans anyway uh he was the voice <laughs> of beast he was he he could be the fiercest warrior and he doesn't look anything like the beast let's give a big round of applause for the great george booza Something just happened. <laughs> no. What, what happened? You're the smart guy. You, come on, you got to figure come that on, stuff beast. out. You're I don't the, know how to work this. You're the brains of the outfit. You know that? I don't know what happened to me, but I've just lost all my video and everything. And We can hear you. Well, they're just telling you to take the blue paint off. That's all they were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well... All I've got in front of me right now is a screen that says Zoom. All right. Well, we'll continue on. And George oh. is here. And if they pull George off to get his camera going, they might do that. We will see about that. But uh, we'll continue. And George, sit tight. Hold it. What? It just worked. There you go. Good sign. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I knew if I pushed enough buttons, something would work. <laughs> How are you, George? I'm still alive, thank you very much. <laughs> <Carving> <laughs> <is> <laughs> <great>. <laughs> 
<laughs> my blood pressure just went up about 10 points when I'm that sure. <laughs> very nice very nice and of course uh, a, a gentleman who is uh, clearly the life of the party uh, i just <laughs> wish that he had a little bit of wolverine's personality i mean wolverine had the best lines he has the the the, the best arcs and he had a hell of a voice actor. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the great Cal Dodd. Look at I did it. Hey, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Hi. How are you, buddy? Look at that. Oh, you got Wolverine right behind you. It's so, yeah, I do. It's so, I, he, he's always behind me. He's always <laughs> got my back, pal. Um, yeah, it's great to be here and like, nice to see all you guys because I haven't seen any of these guys in a year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the clean-shaven one of the uh, bunch here. That's uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. And George I, and Seth, George does look like Beast. What are you talking about? <laughs> he looks just like him. I was saying, you know, I was saying that when his camera didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I touched something. <laughs> well, stop doing that. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. During the course of this quarantine. Uh, Disney Plus has come about and it has been all the rave. And if you look at social media, it's trending every week. X-Men, the animated series has been the hottest thing on Disney Plus. You must be seeing all these new fans that are seeing something because I'm sure we have fans watching this from all over the world. But most of them are you know, older because they, they saw the show when it first came out in the 90s. But now there's a whole generation of people that are seeing this show for the first time. And it's not kids. How does it make you feel to see people that are embracing a show you guys did so long ago? Well, it, to me, it's very satisfying because, you know, when we did the show back in the 90s, um, that audience, you know, they bought all the videotapes and the DVDs, but it kind of like it was only like a small core and it kind of, you know, kind of went away. But after once Disney plus bought it, it's like, boom, we have suddenly this brand new uh, audience of, of young kids. And we have the original um, uh, fans of the show bringing them and introducing it to their kids. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've, we've gotten a renewal. We, we've Chris? been re replenished. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very gratifying at the conventions when you had uh, a father uh, bring their son and daughter, and, and uh, they're both fans now. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they watch it together. Uh, that's terrific. Uh, so Disney Plus has really been a benefit to the series. Yeah, big time. Cal, we're kind of in the same you know, boat as we were in the oh, okay. during the series, where we really didn't know how popular we were because. Right now, we're all sitting at home. <laughs> Good point. That's true. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of my home. Well, Cal, <laughs> and, and Cal, you had come to this role, and you know, you've said in the past at, at past panels that Wolverine was somebody that you found incredibly engaging, that you were as interested in Wolverine as the people who saw your performance. What was it about that character that connected with you? Uh, the, the size of his heart and um, and protecting the small guy uh, always and uh, it just he had a huge heart underneath all that facade and um, and he was <laughs> very poor with women like you just can't keep a lady this guy but I so I identified in a lot of ways with him. <laughs> Donna won't be seeing this 
Yeah. So no, uh, and, and he, he was such a strong and he was just straight in your face. He didn't take any crap from anybody and he didn't get along with most of the other X-Men either. He said, I go where I want to go. You do what you're going to do. And you know, Cyclops, teacher's pet, sucky boy. <laughs> Professor, didn't you say that we were supposed to be doing this? He said, yeah, yes, I did. I did Cyclops, but you know, Wolverine's his own. Yeah, 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 I'm pal. I go where I want to go. And yeah, I just loved, he took no guts, no gumption from anyone and was sweet as, as pie to, to the children. And uh, he just had a big heart for everything. He was, and he was ag aggressive in, in everything he did. And it's so interesting, George, to see Beast's arc because he gets arrested in the first season and he spends so much of the first season in jail. And then you, you really emerge in season two. And then later on, you play a vital role in the Phoenix saga and all that stuff. And I just said the words Phoenix saga and all these fans just went like, a, like they got chills going up their, their spines. Uh, George, talk about the arc for, for Beast and how he was literally like he had a soft launch into it and then he just took over. <laughs> well, I wasn't exactly thrilled with being in jail during the entire first season. <laughs> Let alone hanging upside down. Oh, I do that regularly, but <laughs> as far as being in jail, that was a, a production decision. Uh, according to the producers, Beast was not even going to be in the, uh, the regular cast for the entire spectrum of the show. And it was only after the first season that they realized that he would be a better addition to the, uh, the cast and they, they sprung him out. But in terms of his arc, I mean, it was always, I mean, here's this huge guy that is capable of enormous uh, feats and uh, strength who always chooses to use his intellect and his uh, emotions to overcome a situation that is stressful before going to the uh, level of violence. And that's kind of also been a part of me for my entire life. So there's always a connection between a character and the, the, the actor who plays it. George, did you, uh, Larry, did you think George just took a shot at you for making Beast in the first season be in jail? <laughs> was that a direct connection to you? Well, we, we Beast wasn't <laughs> supposed to uh, be a, a part of the show because there was so many cast members. But I think the, the quality of the, the writing and the quality of George's performance, I mean, just, you just had to bring him back into the second season. He, you know, that, I think all of that worked together to bring him, uh, make him part of the permanent cast from season two on, you know, so. I, I loved all the uh, literature quotes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of that body. <laughs> studious now, that, i think and i think that's what most people loved about him was this spouting li literature that came out of his mouth yeah to, to yeah. quote the bard that's yeah. just like what i was Great an song. english major <laughs> yeah and i was sure a desk a sergeant kids, yeah. i'm pretty well, sure a lot of kids uh, got had to go to their dictionaries at the art it's like what what is oh yeah <laughs> So did I. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it when um, uh, Mr. Sinister and Beast kind of became uh, uh, sort of they teamed up to um, battle those other evil forces together. That, that was oh, a nice. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was sort of unexpected and, and a nice turn of events. 
you guys made Sinister so scary in the beginning. Not to say that he wasn't. He he came out and he was in the shadows and the voice had that tint to it. And I would say that's all by design. But, Chris, you had such a major part of that because, you know, especially in the the end of the first season and people had no idea that you were going to be who you were. And, you know, Gene and Scott are getting married and all of a sudden you oh, just yes. come out of the shadows. And I'm like, holy crap, who's that guy? And it, yes. it was wild. Yeah, the obsession with uh, Gene and Scott and in wanting to get their their genes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, to mutate those two, um, and then you know all that becomes clear in 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 the final season in that episode Descent, uh, you know, his his background mm-hmm. in history and his being a doctor and all that that was that was really what? interesting and revealing. Larry? What most people, I was going to tell you, what most people don't know is that the, at the end of the first season, we didn't have a, we had no idea we were going to do a second season. Oh, yeah. so the ending of first season was just Gene and Scott talking about getting married and they fade off and it's on the top of a hill on a, you know, that was the end of the first season. And at the very last moment, the network said, don't, you know, you got a season two, you know, because we all had our resumes, we were getting ready to leave. And it said, but you got to change that ending. And so literally in post-production, we <laughs> changed the ending so that it brought in Sinister, was going to be the next villain for the next show. Oh. But we had to we had to create that, like, it was within a day. We had wow. to say, Who, what's the art villain for the next season? Sinister. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> and that's how we got you in. All right. And, just that little, yeah, that sort of, um, you know, the, you, I wasn't seen visually, or Sinister wasn't seen visually, just that few lines he had at the end, I think. Yeah, yeah, and because um, I think part of it, why we went up to Sinister is because we, we were ending on Gene and Scott, and who has an obsession over those two but Sinister? So we figured we'd go with that arc, with, uh, with that fellow. And um, when I designed your, your, the look for your show, um, I wanted to make sure that Sinister didn't look like or act like Magneto or Apocalypse and stuff. So I basically kept you in the dark like, like Dracula. And he would come out of the dark, which your voice was excellent. And uh, I never let him like move. It's kind of like you'd see Sinister and then you see the person he's talking to. And when you cut back to Sinister, he's probably over there. And when you cut back, he's over there. And then when he finishes his laugh, he just merges back into the shadows like this. So you really got an, I, uh, I really wanted to create a different atmosphere and a different style for your character. Mm-hmm. Cal, uh, I, I'm not going to, I don't like panels where you have to make people like, you know, dance monkey, but I, I you have some incredible stories, including, do you mind just telling the folks that are watching virtually the amazing connection between you and uh, the young lady who was playing uh, Jubilee. Oh, yeah. This is one of the craziest small world stories in the yeah, world. It is. We should say Cal Dodd, before he was Wolverine, was in a show called Circus. What other Wolverine was in a, sh- a movie about a circus? <laughs> yeah. God, it's yeah. like who was that? Who He's was following that me around. <laughs> Seriously. He follows me around now. Tell, tell that next? story. That, that story is out of this world. Uh, when I moved into this house, uh, um, 1981, uh, I think it's Jubilee. Uh, Allison lived across the street. Like literally, I didn't know. But I saw this little girl and her girl, little girlfriend, and they were about eight or nine. 
years of age. And they was, and I had the TV show. So, and the whole neighborhood knew when I moved in, it's like, oh, oh great. <laughs> now what? Here um, comes the circus guy. And anytime I came out, she would, she would be sitting, they would always sit in front of the house across the street, pretending we weren't looking. And she would, they would be watching me to come out and then just kind of wave like, how much you dog? He says, you know, that's the circus guy. They never knew the name. Well, they didn't know my names, but and this went on for every, you know, four or five years, whatever, until she grew up and went to, to high school and stuff. And, and then they moved out of this neighborhood. Uh, and literally, she was such a sweet little thing, as was her little friend. And so, so I'm doing the first episode of uh, X-Men and in the studio. And I, and I look, across, look across from me in the studio, and it's Alice. I said, Allison? She said, yes, sir, Mr. Dodd. Mr. Dodd. I said, what are you doing here? I'm Jubilee. Unbelievable. It was like a crazy, crazy story. Like, and there we were, you know, and Wolverine loves Jubilee and protects her and all that stuff. So it was just perfect. We had a special relationship in the show as, as we did here. It's just I mean, a small I, world. I couldn't believe that. And I, I mean, there's millions of people in Canada and they found your neighbor. I mean, yeah, no, I know. That's crazy. I know. Like literally to a block and half a block away. It's just crazy. And yeah. Larry, in, in New Orleans, you referenced a story um, about um, something with the, with the opening theme and the opening theme and the opening sequence. And you had to come up with that pretty quickly. Can you tell that story? Um, I, I remember right, the, what I remember is that we uh, were trying to get the show off, off the ground and um, I had to, I was, we were working on, basically the first season, we were working on kind of like almost a shoestring budget. We had no money, no time. We had to get it done. We were like running like crazy. And the opening uh, intro for the, for the titles, um, I had to create it over a weekend. So I just started drawing and drawing getting images out of my head. I think I drew about three minutes of X-Men images and fights and stuff like that. And by the time it came back on Monday, when it was Monday for me to turn it in, I had to call it down to like a minute, I think it was a minute, five seconds. And so that's where <laughs> basically the entire X-Men intro was like a stream of consciousness uh, of putting images down and making it, trying to make it as exciting as I could. But it was, um, and what it, what helped was that I've been an X-Men fan. I've been a Marvel fan since, you know, in the 60s. I used to buy comic books off the spinner racks. And um, I have like, you know, 25, 30 years of Marvel stuff stuck in my head, you know. And so I knew who loved who, who hated this one, who loved, you know, all, I knew all the relationships. So when I did the uh, intro, I knew exactly how to showcase every character's powers. And... Um, when I was working to do the titles, like if you notice, they have, I, we knew that most of the audience out there did not know who the X-Men were. Mm -hmm. So I made sure to, to put their logos like Gambit and Storm and stuff like that. And um, back then, I, I, we, after, after I turned in the, the intro, I had to call Marvel for the logos like Beast and you know Gambit and stuff. And half of them, they didn't have them. And we had a fax machine. There's no computer stuff. So, um, like, I think it's Storm and Jubilee. I had to make it. I had to draw it myself and just submit that in. 
So those logos are actually stuff I made up. But it was like this. We were running like crazy trying to get it done on time. It's amazing. And it's so good. And it sticks. And that theme song is so good. And everyone right now watching this, and we have viewers from Alabama, uh, Chicago, New Jersey, Toronto, uh, other parts of Ontario, California, Austin, Texas. Like they're all, they're all over, and they're all humming that theme song right now. Like you just you, you can't. You Austin, can't Texas. That. Is that okay? Austin, Can people Texas? watch? Can people watch the X Men from Austin? Is that all right with you? Yeah. No, I because I, I know especially like Sarge, big Sarge, Scott Garrett is watching us right now. I know that, and oh, he was he worked he worked security in Hill Country. Remember that, Larry? Were you at Hill Country, Larry? Hill Country Comic Con? Oh, yes. Yes, I was. It was yes. the very first one we ever did. Yes, I remember him. You're right. And, well, yeah, and Scott was, was a Sarge, Scott's big Sarge. It was was the security guy. Mm -hmm. He was a great yeah. guy. Anyway, still is. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We have, we have uh, dozens of questions here coming in, so I'll, I'll get to as many as we can. Uh, Scott writes this and says, this could be asked to all. Uh, he says, uh, but uh, to Cal... How did you settle on the voice for Logan? What was the inspiration to go the way you did? And then he says, uh, he could ask that to all, but if you asked Chris, he wasn't Logan. So I don't know how he got that voice. But I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at, Scott. Cal, take it away. What was the, I'm sorry. How did you settle on the voice for Logan? For Logan? Yeah, you remember you played him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, his friends call him Logan. Oh my yeah. God. So Wolverine. Wolverine to you. <laughs> as, as all of us, <laughs> they all did. George, when I walked into the studio, I said, who is he? What's he look like? And they gave me a picture of him. You know, not unlike this. <laughs> Actually, nothing like that at all. No, nothing like that. <laughs> this was also at the Cahill Comic Country Con. Cahill Comic Country Con. So um, I walked in and they showed me a picture of him and they gave me the lines. And uh, Dan Hennessy said, who is our, our voice director, and I guess, I think, I forget who was there, Larry. I don't know, there were you guys from LA and New York there. Yeah. And it's probably Sid. And anyway, so they said, well, Dan said, uh, they're, they're mentioning, <laughs> this one throws me, Ward Bond. And I went, Ward Bond, okay. Uh, they said, of course, Clint Eastwood, went, yeah, okay, you can see that. Um, uh, Steve McQueen, which I love. Steve McQueen, I love him as an actor, and he's very—he's <laughs> very introverted and quiet, uh, intense stuff. That he was—he was a very quiet actor, and I like that. In uh, about Wolverine was sort of the same intensity inside, and I, I just uh, the first line I just saw it in my hometown where I grew up in a small fishing village in, in Orkover, Ontario, and the line was, uh, uh, "This is the very first thing I ever said as or tried to say as Wolverine." Um, you, you like picking on people smaller than you? Well, I'm smaller than you. Pick on me! And they just kind of went, yikes, give them, give them more lines. Give, give them more lines. <laughs> and they gave you a bunch more lines. That, you know, that, uh, I know what you're thinking, punk. Question is, can I get Wolverine retortured and he's just kebab with those claws? And they just said, okay. And they just sort of all stood up and walked around behind their, their, the desk and the, behind the glass. And I went home. And then the next day they called and said, yes, we, we would like you to play Wolverine. I said, okay, whoever he is, <laughs> whatever he does. And George apparently was the only one that knew anything about the X-Men because the thing was called, right, George, the X-Factor, the audition. It was Project, Project X. X. Project, Project X, X, which is kind of cool. 
So no one would say it's a private thing. They didn't want anyone to know what we were doing. Well, they show me a picture of this guy. Who is he? You know. Anyway, I, that was for me. So I, I, I put together those voices uh, in my head, which is there's only five of them in my head going at the same time, which is really easy to do <laughs> for a Gemini, and I'm a Gemini, so I could do at least two people at the same time. So, and I put in, I added, uh, of all people, and I don't know if a lot of people know of Wolfman Jack, but yeah, baby, oh, yeah. the Midnight Special. I put a lot of that in his voice too, as well as Clint, you know, I know what you're thinking, pup. but yeah, that, that, the, the, um, what is Wolfman Jack or whatever? Yeah, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, yeah. his voice was like that. Yeah, yeah, baby, the Midnight Special. And that, he came, that voice came out. You like to kind of people smaller than you? Well, I'm smaller than you. Pick on me. And they liked it. So, and so did I. So I went home and oh, yeah. pissed when we heard, We heard it and we said, we got it. Yeah. When we heard the voice, we said, we got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> no, no question. Uh, all right, let's get to some other uh, questions. Uh, this one is a question for Larry. Uh, no, no, this is not a question. For, this is for everyone. Edward writes and says, what was it like being the first Marvel Cinematic Universe with your crossover with the Spider-Man animated series? And we'll throw it to all you guys. You guys never met Christopher Daniel Barnes in the Spider-Man group, right? Larry. Never, no, we never, no, no, we never saw him. And we did the lines in Toronto and, you know, sent him in, you know, whatever. They put it all together. Yeah, the, the crossover was done by another production company uh, headed by my friend named uh, John Semper. John Semper, yeah. He's the one who was producing and directing the crossover of all these guys with Spider-Man. So on that one, I didn't have any, inf I didn't have any input on that because that was done by another production company. But I was, it was one of those things where I added all these cameos into my, into the series, but it was all unauthorized because they were real worried about who got the rights and, and uh, the uh, rights to this character and that character. And so there were a lot of contracts that had to be worked out to get these guys onto Spider-Man. Once that was done, then that was a great crossover. Uh, yeah, I would get I asked that a question a lot. on Spider-Man. <laughs> Tell us, George. Oh, I thought it was really cool to be on Spider-Man because as a Canadian, to be transported from doing a series in Toronto to suddenly a production in LA and be a part of that, that was kind of a feather in your cap that we were being recognized for what we were doing up here and being a part of something that we knew was very large down there. They were yeah. afraid of you, George. <laughs> they were afraid of you. They were afraid of us. We got to get them on our side. Yeah. Them. yeah. Spider Man. And, yeah. Uh, and Beast plays a big role in that whole thing, and 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 Warner's <coughs> in that. Uh, and you have that really great scene, and it's so weird that you never even met him uh, with Christopher Daniel Barnes, where you guys are in the forest and you guys are talking and. You know, Spider-Man's going through this whole mutant thing, and you're trying to explain to him it's such a bad deal. And you, your acting was amazing in that. Well, thank you very much. And it is uh, that's one of the things about doing animation, is that most of the time you're doing it on your own. Uh, in the beginning, we mm -hmm. did like uh, radio drama where we were all together in the same room, but eventually we ended up just doing individual recording sessions. So you never had the input of the other character giving his lines the way he was doing it mm. on, uh, on screen. And you can't tell in that scene, you can't tell for a second. That's crazy. 
Uh, Jerry writes us and says, um, what were the decisions behind removing Morph and making Beast inactive for the first season? Those are probably questions for Larry. P.S. Yeah. Fond memories of the show. Okay. Um, one of the reasons we Morph was um, we killed Morph off in the first episode was <laughs> killed him off. Yeah, he, he was dead. He wasn't supposed to, I don't know if you guys knew it, but he wasn't supposed to come back. But one of the things we wanted to try and do was um, to a successful show back in the 90s was either Scooby-Doo or Super Friends. And we wanted to set up, the, we wanted to let people know that the show of the X-Men that we were doing, we're not trying to do those. We're trying to do something different. We wanted to do something unique. And so by, we had to negotiate with the censor people. Uh, but once they, that got approved, yeah, we wanted to, you know, have a character get killed off to show that there's, there are things, you know, there's um, things can happen that, you know, character can, can be killed. There's ramifications for all the things going on in the series. And uh, so that's setting up uh, Morph being killed. If you look at the original comic book, there was actually a character named um, Thunderbird who gets killed in the original series. But we thought twice about that because we didn't want to introduce the first Native American superhero and then kill him off in the first episode. That wasn't a good thing. So we went back into the <coughs> I remember there was a character called Changeling that was killed off back in issue 48 or 49 or something back there. And so we took that character and we designed Death Morph, which is the Changeling character from those issues. But we wanted to call him Changeling, but um, the lawyer said no, because that was one of the characters from the Teen Titans. And even though uh, Marvel had done it first, they, the lawyer said, no, just find another name. And so that's where we found, that's where he came up with Morph. So he looks like Changeling, but he's called Morph, and that's where that came from. Um, what was the second part of the question? I don't remember. Um, oh, and making Beast inactive. We kind of covered that. Yeah, and um, we... He wasn't part of the original team, but by by the sheer power of his uh, personality and and his, the how you know how well George did the performance, he became integral to to the team. And so, yeah, that's you know George powered his way through to the to the forefront. <laughs> oh, and by, by season three, he's a he's a centerpiece of the whole thing. Oh yeah, uh, Russia and Greece are also watching. So they wanted to make sure we let people know that. Um, Craig writes us and he says uh, it's his favorite animated series, but he has a U in the favorite. So I think he's from Canada. Just a hunch. <laughs> Craig writes and says, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of the animated series. It was and still is my all time favorite animated series. I'm loving that it's now on Disney+. Plus. I'd love to know if there is ever a chance or it has ever been spoken about bringing back the X-Men animated series or a new spinoff, et cetera? Um, That's the question that everybody wanted to ask. So. Yeah. And there were rumors galore. You know, yeah. I, nothing's, yeah. nothing's coming to fruition. Yeah, we've, we've, we've had talks, but that's about it. We've, we've, put, we've, we've, been, we've made conversation and uh, it's, it's up to them to make their decision. But we've, all, we've let them know that we're all available you know, for whatever they want to do in the future. And um, see, I'm, I'm actually semi-retired right now, but I've told them that 
this is probably the only series I will come out, out of retirement for. If we could do like a special, you know, Movies. one one episode or five part episode, you know, what whatever they wanted to do. If we had all the original team, that's what I would come out of retirement for. We would all love to do it. Yeah, twelve half hours would be fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it would cost them absolutely nothing. <laughs> kind of like now. That. <laughs> kind of like what they pay now. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely series, though. <laughs> it's nice just, to be able to get talent like that for that amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you just reminded me to say, don't forget, uh, if you're watching live or watching later on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube, uh, check out the paid exclusive experiences like one-on-one -on -one private video chats with these guys. I, I mean, again, try talking to these guys one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've tried and it's hard. Uh, <laughs> and custom video recorded messages at wizardworldvirtual.com. All right, we have a we have a couple more here, um, and this one is uh, here. You go. This is for the whole group, and we'll let uh, Chris and George answer this first. Have any of you guys watched the live action X Men movies? Yes. Um. I, I have to confess, I haven't. But wow. as, but I have recently subscribed to Disney Plus, and I intend to uh, okay. to watch a few of them. Yeah, I was what in the one, Any you would recommend uh, that uh, would be sort of the the ones that uh, are best? X X two. That's easy. X two. <laughs> uh, the first one is just the first one. Um, Days of Future Past. Which oh, is, okay. Uh, which is yeah. based on, I mean, you guys did, you guys did the run. You guys in your first season had Days of Future Past based on the iconic comic book. George, you said you were in X-Men? I was in the very first movie, yes. I was the trucker that brought uh, uh, Rogue to the uh, uh, fight arena where That's Wolverine wild. was having a bout. Oh, I got to watch that. And, and George, tell them that when they, when they, talk to you about it they didn't even know that you were part of the original oh animated show right are you serious well i was there auditioning as one of the uh, to play this trucker <laughs> and uh, this guy who was the stunt coordinator uh knew me and he was an old friend of mine and he mentioned to the director uh, brian singer that uh, i was the voice of beast and they gave me the part and uh, Brian told me during the uh, interview, he says, you know, if it hadn't been for your series, we wouldn't be making this movie today. You got mm. that right. So it was an honor to be that's in that. crazy it's small world. There's so many small yeah. world stories with this crew. Uh, it, it, it's pretty amazing. And we should note, uh, and you guys would be able to talk more about this, that if you guys did bring back the original cast to do another X-Men thing, you'd probably have to get Prime Minister Trudeau's permission because Lenore, who played Rogue, she's a member of Parliament. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and she's doing a, a great job. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's doing a great job. Up there. And our prime minister, by the way, is uh, our prime minister, by the way, is um, a huge fan of the series because I presented uh, Eric Eric's book to him with uh, with who else but my neighbor, the little girl, who Alice organized the whole thing. No, she did. She organized the whole thing and, and had me go along with her to present the book, Eric's book, to our prime minister. And it was unbelievable. He was just totally in love with the show. 
And he turned from her and he said, now I'm going to deal with this because she presented the book to him, shook her hand and stuff. And the, the security guides were all behind him, like he said, kind of things like this. And I'm standing right beside him uh, with my X-Men jacket on, which is right here, George. And, um, <laughs> and he said, and I heard him say, well, now, I, so now I'll, I'll, I'll deal with Wolverine. And he turned to me and I put my hand up, shake his hand. And I looked at him and he said, Anytime, pretty boy. Because <laughs> now I'll deal with I'll deal with Wolverine. And I said, anytime, pretty boy. And shook his head. And there's a classic shot of me squeezing the heck out of his hand. Yeah. It's just yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh all right. We have time for a, a couple of more here. Um the smallest world. Um it's 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 impossible. Uh here's a question for Larry. Uh and he says, um, Sorry, I just, oh, there it is. Uh, scripts provide a lot of direction and camera angles. How confining is that for an animation director? And how do you still put your artistic take on the show? Well, for me, I approach, I've approached all of the shows. You know, the, the writers will give us directions on how to, uh, how they saw the scene. But I gave all the artists a lot of leeway to say, okay, Take it with a grain of salt. They set up the shop, but you know, use your as a storyboard artist. Use your imagination as a director, because the storyboard artist is actually the initial director of the scene. I just, I tell them, look, you can grain of salt. Use your imagination, make it the most interesting uh, shots you can make it, and just go from there. And um, so I I would that's how I, I, the instructions I would give everyone. And then when I got the artwork back that's when I will start going through and editing all the, all the scenes to make sure that um, it was the best depiction of the, of the uh, sequence that was possible. And there were, you know, sometimes in the scripts there was, there was a thing like, I think it was in the Phoenix uh, uh, saga. Mm -hmm. where oh, season three. First, yeah, and the first time you see uh, Gladiator, um, oh. the script called for just a thunderclap and he was there. And I, I said, no, that's not good enough. So I went through and I started re-storyboarding. So you see just the fist coming into, yep. into the world oh as, it, as it goes, and it builds, and it builds, and then you have a thunderclap, <laughs> and then you finally see Gladiator. You know, there are things like that where I go through and just plus it, make it even better and better. And then, you know, when they had a, I think they had the scene of Gladiator punching uh, Juggernaut. And that wasn't in the script, but I knew people wanted to see that as a fan. So I threw that in. It's like Juggernaut versus Superman. It's like, boom, get that shot. So there are little things I know as a fanboy because I'm Because so you are one. Boy. Right, because yeah. you, you are one. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And I put those little touches into the scripts, into the final storyboards, into the scenes. And it's a testament to, to being a fan because a lot of times people say that the stuff that comes out nowadays, you know, the, 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 the Marvel shows on Netflix or, or, or the, the movies, the people who are making those are fans and you can tell, you can yeah. tell that they have reverence for the character. And in the X-Men animated series, you can tell that they have reverence for the comic books because you guys don't do carbon copies of the comic books, but man, you pay homage to them. Yeah. yeah, we were very lucky to have lightning in a bottle in that the writers, when they came on a series, they didn't even, they had no idea who the X-Men were. Whereas I knew 
too much of the X-Men. It was all up here somewhere. And so I was able to educate them on the on the mythology and who liked who, who's the brother, the sister, and stuff like that. And so from there, the one strength that these these the, the new writers had was that they could look at everything with fresh new eyes. And they were very good at writing character stories. Mm. And so from that point forward, we got stories that were really good character stories, but also I made sure it stayed, with, it stayed within the confines of the mythology that all the fans would recognize and would enjoy. Oh, it's, it, 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 it's incredible. Uh, it, it's absolutely inc incredible. Uh, we got about five minutes to go. We're going to get as many questions as we can here. Doc writes for everybody, what is your most memorable moment from working on the show? George, you want to start? Most memorable moment uh, would be the very first session where we uh, started recording the X-Men for the first time. Just to be a part of that, like I knew what X-Men was because I was buying X-Men comic books as a kid. And to be a part of something that was so important in my childhood and uh, that had that kind of stature <clears throat> to it was probably one of the most exciting moments of my life. That was a tremendous so thing. And, and we were all in the studio when, for the first probably two months together, like all of us, side by side, like, you know, in a circle. Uh, to, to myself, George, uh, Cyclops, <laughs> Jubilee, and all tense, Gene, like all in a circle, all of us. That which got to be a problem for the, for the engineer and stuff, you know, dividing the voices and the sounds. So and eventually we ended up just going in one at a time and doing the whole script by yourself. But it was so cool when, there, when all of us were there. A, yeah, so I'd agree Chris? with George. Chris, yeah, I would say uh, the, the, the first moment would be uh, being offered the job. That would be the. <laughs> and, then, and then meeting me. <laughs> meeting Cal. And, and then, then you met me. Uh, and then I would say, uh, you know, uh, meeting the cast, uh, Lenore and, and, and Cal and George and uh, the other cast members and, and uh, Larry. Um, but also, I think um, Chris in, Potter in the in the fifth, yeah, Chris Potter and the, the fifth season for me. Um, that episode, I'll go back to that descent uh, where I, you know, finally sort of, uh, you know, his whole background and the reason why he became Mister Sinister, how he how he uh, acquired that name. Um, that was a revelation to me to to see the, his whole backstory. Um, so that was uh, that was really interesting for me. And, and what, what I liked, what, what I excuse me, was was the very first time that I saw an episode on TV. Because you know we've been we'd done like I don't know 13, 15 episodes before they finally aired on October third, Halloween night ninety two was it? Yeah, yeah. And I was glued to the screen because I all this time doing this voice, you never see yourself. You just see the mm. picture of him and stuff. But when when I saw him. On the first animated cartoon, it was I, I. I think I peed my pants. It was like, oh no! It was like, holy crap! This guy, this is great. Oh, I love this guy, and which added even more to my the next time we, you know, next episode, whatever. Now I know who this guy is. Oh yeah, he's this guy. It made everything come together for me. Seeing myself, seeing myself as an animated character, you know, not myself, you know, Wolsey, Logan. And it, from then on, it was like, oh, I love this. 
five years of this, bring it on, baby. So is, is, are you promising to wear the claws if people do the one-on-one -on -one experiences with you? Oh, yeah. He has Always. them all the time. I do. <laughs> I do. Quarantine I do. must have been so much fun for your wife with you walking around with those all the time. Oh, yes. Oh, when he goes sure. to Costco, he carries those. You know? <laughs> Comes in well, handy at the bank machine. Look, George, my jacket fell down. George, oh, my jacket fell down. Here's the back of it. No, you know, the accident. There's the now, who's who's that on the back? Oh, I wonder who that is. <laughs> and then the front has, you know, the X-Men. And then, of course, my name. Well, you know, Logan. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what only your friends call you. Yeah. And then behind me, before we, before we, uh, Seth. So, George, we went to, Chris, did you go to Wales? No. Okay. So, I think Rogue did and, and Chris Potter. We went to Wales. But this little kid in Dublin, Ireland. So, since I was that close, I was born in Dublin. I flew over to Dublin to surprise this little 11-year-old, uh, 10-year-old kid who drew all these pictures behind me. And I got George and all the guys to sign up some pictures for him. So I took them over and totally surprised this kid. Oh, wow. His, his father brought him. And his father is deaf. And he does all the signing for his father to the hotel we were at. And it just blew, blew him away. And it's like, it was so, and his name's Daniel Fee. And he's like, oh, what a brilliant kid. He has his own podcast and thing that he does out of Dublin. He is, you're going to hear from him, from him. He's a great kid. But anyway. That's a great story. Those, those, yeah. 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 So I surprised his little arse <laughs> flew home. And, and you should definitely go on his podcast. Just do it on your cell phone, though. Don't do it on a good connection like this. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not. not no, bitter. no. Oh, I can tell. I can see that. So. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> no, no. It's okay, though. <laughs> Uh, we just wanted to say there has been so much uh, love and thanks for the series and the comments, parents sharing with their kids appreciation for the incredible writing, the incredible voice work and everything. And it, it, it's pretty it's pretty amazing what these chat rooms are, are, are looking like on all three platforms, the YouTube, Twitch and, uh, and Facebook. So uh, what countries are tuning in? How many different countries? Are oh, a bunch of different countries. We've said uh, Russia, Greece, Canada, and the United States are just the ones that did the shout outs. Wow. We, we track. It's, it's all over the world. And that's the neat thing about these virtual ones. Look, we all wish we were at a Comic-Con right now, but, you know, there's something called COVID. And, and, it, and, it, and it's, yeah. you know, this is, this is a great alternative. And Wizard came up with this idea really, really early on in the in the product they started talking about these virtual ones right after the shutdown right after things started shutting down and uh you know you give credit to forward thinking companies that are yeah that's smart make their best make yeah. their best yeah. all right uh we have time for final shout outs so uh we introduced i will do the reverse way we 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 uh intro you guys and we'll let these voice guys go first and uh chris you want to start us off uh, a message to the fans, just a, a final kind of sayonara to everybody. Yeah, I think uh, in in today's world, I, I, I wish everyone to be healthy, um, be careful and to, uh, you know, love those close to you and be kind and caring and uh, and keep watching uh, the episodes and being fans. And when the conventions are back on at some point. We'd all love to see you and say hello. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, George? Uh, again, I'd like to reiterate what Chris said. I'd like to tell people to be safe, to be healthy, to extend my gratitude for all the fans for watching our show through all the generations, for introducing us to their kids, 
And a special shout out to my brother Paul in Cleveland, Ohio, who I hope is watching. There you go. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Cal, you have a final thought? Yeah, I think the sign behind me tells it speaks my thoughts. Thank you, X-Men fans. I miss seeing all of you guys at Real Live, and I think we're a long way from ever touching, shaking hands anymore. So, uh, which I'm going to miss terribly, and I really miss airports. Don't you, George? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, do I ever um, miss airports? I love all of you. I love all of you, and I really do miss hanging with all you people. Uh, you know, all the different uh, cons that we do and the people that organize them because they're the best in the world. And uh, uh, for God's sakes, go wash your hands. For the yeah. times. And oh, here's, I like this one. Wash your feet because they're the hands of your legs. Yep. Yeah, fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers washed. <laughs> wow. uh, so all the countries, before we get to Larry, uh, all the countries, Mexico, Canada, Russia, Greece, United States, United Kingdom, Sweden, and Kuwait. Wow. Oh Beautiful. Isn't that Hell great? God is big Amazing. in Kuwait for some reason. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't Kuwait to hear the answers. To the answers. <laughs> wow. That's incredible that we have all... Virtually, the you know most of the world is watching this interview right That's now. Amazing. That's excellent. Love it, love it. Um, pretty much, you know, all of my compadres here said the best words. You know, we want the audit wants you to remain safe, and uh, we hope to see you at some of these conventions. And we want to give a big thanks for you guys to for supporting the show, giving it new life. You know, thanks to Disney Plus and your. You know, the words that you put out there on, on Twitter, you know, since I got on Twitter, I didn't, you no, know, it was of Disney Plus, I got on Twitter. It's like, my God, there's a whole world out here. I didn't I never knew about it. And, uh, Tell me about it. I know all about that there. And, and thanks to Wizard World for all this. I mean, this is fabulous. Nice yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah. And so just, just thank, thank, thank you for supporting the show. And um, I, you know, hopefully we'll, See each other in person, possibly next year when, when everything settles down. There you go. Yeah. I bought this laptop just so that I could do this panel. <laughs> Wait, he did so too. And will you see the way I will you see as Wolfrey will you see the way I sign off this thing? So you know, pushing that button. I'll be here all day. Guys, I, and I've said this to you both on the air and off. It is an amazing show, and you guys are so great in it. All of you guys, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you, a big Seth. round of applause to Chris thank Britton, you, George Buza, yeah. Cal Dodd, and Larry Houston. These are the X-Men, the great animated series. My name is Seth Everett. Thank you for watching, and make sure you check out wizardworldvirtual.com and go meet these guys. And I promise, Chris is not sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you everyone. Thank See you, Mark. Bye-bye.